If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in VC Productions in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been persuaded to do another studio, another, uh, another episode. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it. We have to just keep going. We're not restarting another this. episode today. Uh, and the same people, the same table. It's Tyler Burnett. He is the founder and CEO of the Goat Family Brands. He's got his his goat brand on today. Kind of an old school goat. And then to the left, the LinkedIn Whisperer, the Persuader, Captain Kintsugi. So many different titles that you Thank bring you. Thank to you the, calming, for the calming, camel hair, the, cal- the calming force of their show. We need to get him a camel hair jacket. Something important you need to know is that we don't edit these episodes, and you might have recognized that at this point. Yeah. There has never been a single edit over 66, 7, whatever episodes that we're on. Now, we've started over a couple of times, but that's also a rarity. Like us on all the platforms, leave a comment, tell your friends and lovers. Well, and we, we attribute that to our friends at Dev Digital. <laughs> <laughs> that was well played. That just seemed like you meant to do it. So I did. I yeah. did mean, mean to do that. Good. Davey, make sure you edit that, please. Uh, you talk about a group that you cannot edit out of the world, Ooh. especially the digital world. It's Dev Digital. Now, that was a little tongue-in-cheek there for you today, but a little behind the scenes. Uh, I was uh, feeling a little down and taking some NyQuil and DayQuil, and John said, we got to keep going and persuaded me to do it, and that's what today is about. It's about the art oh. and science of persuasion. You know, we learn that as we get older in our 20s, they teach us to get in, 30s move up, 40s we try to stay in the game, and 50s we ask what is they really want. Today what we really want you to do is think about persuasion as both an art and a science. Goats obviously use it in business. In sports, they're people that are recognized for their greatness. What they do elevates the player around them, but in business it's people that compete on unique perspective, education, and experience, and what they do gives them energy and gives other people energy, creating new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. When I think about persuasion, I think about Waffle House. Oh. They persuade you when you walk, go past the, the yellow sign with the black letters, you have to stop and get. We stopped there Sunday night. <laughs> Did you really? Sarah, so I said, what do you want, honey? She's like, I really want Waffle House. And you prepared. I think so, about Jimmy John's. They give you free smells. Yeah. And it just yeah. lures me right in. Yeah. And so today's topic is not Waffle House or Jimmy John's and their climb to success, <laughs> but it's about persuasion. And, and why most leaders want it and can't seem to master it. Mm. And so one of the things that I've always believed is this, is that anytime that you have a meeting, people are sitting in the room, no matter what you're saying, they're trying to make sense of their own life. Yeah. And once you understand that people are trying to make sense of, your, of their own life, then the stories that you tell them are vehicles that help explain change. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, what change are they trying to make sense of? The more you can capture that in terms of being a leader, I think the better chance you have to persuade. Why, but, do, you, why do you think uh, a lot of people come from a North American manufacturing company to work with me? 
Because that's the story. That well, is the story. I was once here, and yeah. now I'm there. Yeah, and you can be too. And you can be too. I love that. Well, you do a lot of speaking. I do. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because for me, this episode, I read an article by Harvard Business Journal. It was called The Art of Persuasion, which I love how you tweak the title, The Art and Science of Persuasion, because I also think that's true. I think it's probably more of a science than an art, actually. Um, but this article talks about any great speech in history follows a framework. Yeah. You like frameworks, right? I love frameworks. And it's based on Aristotle's theory on persuasion. Any great speech is founded with these five things that make up the framework. And he says it hasn't changed over 2,000 years. He said every, every speech is grounded in character, which is when you gain credibility, typically not based on credentials, titles, degrees, but more on experience. The second thing is reason, why this is important. Can I save money? Can I earn money? Fill in the blank. Emotion. 65% of all TED Talks are centered around a story. So that third part is a story, uh, is a component. 65% all TED Talks center around a story. And first, the fourth part is metaphor. And I, I saw this labeled as verbal beauty. So creating That's you. Uh, a verbal Take beauty. Take the wig off. Yes. And then the last one is brevity, which we're going to try to make this episode Brief, more brief than normal. Yeah, those are the. That's the framework, and I'm just going to go ahead and throw in a goat because this whole philosophy is based on Aristotle, which I'm going to push back on him just a, a moment here. But my goat for the episode is one of the greatest missed, maybe the greatest missed attribution of all time, and it is the quote: "We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit." Who wrote that? Said it. Mm, I know that. Uh, Aristotle ben, is credited for saying it. That's ben, what I would have said. Ben Franklin. But it was not. It was it, It's centered around his philosophy, which I love, and it's stayed based on habits, which we've talked about that a time or two. But it was originally uh, from a book in 1926, a few years after he lived, which he was 2,000 years ago, uh, the book called The Story of Philosophy. And I just that, but for if you look it up, it'll show Aristotle and this, you know, his uh, bust of his statue, right? And he's who said that he didn't. It's been proven, and yet he gets to carry it on, which I, you know, maybe that's cool. Maybe it's not greatest misattribution of all time, and he is the found the the foundation of this article from the Business Journal. So it hasn't Persuasion. changed. It hasn't changed over two thousand years. Mm. And it said professional value is boosted 50% with communication and persuasion skills. Professional value is boosted 50% when someone has the skill of persuasion. And if old Aristotle was here. Yeah, I'd love to talk to him. I might push back a little bit. And I'm not a big fan of this article and how it talks about we all need to increase our skill of, of persuasion. I might say maybe the new quote-unquote persuasion is actually helping someone figure out what they want, not what I want them to want. But that is very different than figuring out the art or science of persuasion. Yeah, It just seems gimm- gimmicky. Yeah. Well, think about it. Yeah, I I'm think it's persuade a, you to do this. It's a great point, right? Like we, we, it's the whole 
where buyer's remorse comes from, right? I think the downside to being persuaded is, is most often it, it it will produce a short-term, short-term gain yeah. or outcome. It certainly won't be sustainable of any future behavior, uh, enjoyment, you know, fill in the blank. I really believe that. If you are persuaded and it doesn't align with what you really want, I suppose. Is, the, the is there a time... Uh, in your life when you can think about someone persuaded you to do something personally or professionally that you can share with the audience? Hmm. Well, I'm sure we've bought stuff on Amazon or whatnot, and they've persuaded you based on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. Um, Is there a conversation where someone made you change your mind based on the argument that they made? I, I, I can't. I can't think of anything like that, but I know I've bought some stuff on Facebook or Instagram, and I got it, and I was like, oh, this thing sucks. And was, they got a short-term game, but I'll never rebuy that again. Yeah. yeah. Or I'll never buy anything else they offer again. So I think that's what I think of when I think of persuasion. I think the of image gimmicky. image was much more important than yeah, product. I, I think that sometimes people think that that's what a salesperson does, right? I think I think of a used car Ugh. dealership. That just makes me have that's, an allergic reaction. That makes me think of persuasion as being a sales rep. And that's I really thought about that with my company and my salespeople. Like, why am I naming them sales reps? I almost want to call them something else, like solution providers or something like that. You know, I'm not saying that's that's the term. But the only thing we need to do, we need to find out how we can help our people. And the only way to do that is ask the right questions. Yeah. Well, it is the the example of the car dealership. I think that's as I was thinking through this episode, that certainly came to mind for me. It's going to the dealership, and we've probably all been there, where it's like, oh, let me show you this. Let me show you this. Maybe the first question is, what are you looking for? And then then you say, you might say, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I need, I'm going to need something soon. I'm looking, Ford or I car. want a truck, whatever, yeah. right? Oh, I got, you know, come over here and look at this. And then it just launches into this is what you're looking for. And I will, frankly, I will tell you, before I landed where I am today professionally, any place I ever had had been, the argument or persuasion was we're the best. Here's who we are. Here's why we're the best. Here's why you need to hire us. Today, that looks very different for me at work. And I think I've shared this on on the episode on an episode before, but today it looks more like, hey, like, do you even need to make a change? Let's talk about that. And what let's talk about like what would happen if you didn't. That's good. What would happen if if you didn't make a change? And by the way, let's talk about who your right partner is, and maybe that's not us. Maybe I've, it's not me. I've, I've been there and witnessed that. I thought it was sheer genius. I want to go back to the the car lot episode, the car lot moment that you're talking about. So yeah. this this older guy comes on to a car lot to buy a car. That's the only time you go to a car lot is to buy a car. That's true. And he Maybe. says, I want a Corvette. So the guy says, before he says anything, oh, man, got the Corvette for you. It's brand new. goes from zero to 60. You can pick up all the girls. Says all these things related, thinking that this guy's an older guy and he's there to buy the car for himself. When he had just asked the question, who is the car for? And the car was for his daughter, who's having a 16-year-old birthday, Mm. and what she wanted was the Corvette. And to your point, all he had to do was ask one question, Mm. who who is the car for? Mm. 
Have you studied cars? Do you know exactly what you want? Yeah, I know exactly what I want. Okay, what is that? Yeah, I want a Corvette. He, but he didn't ask he the simple question, who is the car for? Because yeah. if he'd asked who the car was for, the very first thing he'd say, what do you think he'd say if he asked? And he said, my 16-year-old daughter, what's the very first thing the salesman should say? What's the most important features for you in the car for your daughters? Well, you know the answer for a dad. What is it? Safety. Yeah. So let me tell you, this thing has the highest safety rating of any sports car in the world. So to your point, asking questions. It comes in multiple setups. Do you want the six-cylinder, the eight-cylinder, or the 10, the yeah. ten you know, the V10 or whatever? But yeah. we don't teach people to ask questions because asking questions is uncomfortable. But I do believe that asking questions is part of how you persuade because you're learning what you're learning what they want from the relationship i almost when you said it the way that you did it kind of brought up in me the, was it good well the the yes until you hit the that's asking questions is how you persuade and i might <laughs> and i think i know what you meant but i would probably say it a little differently in that asking questions is going to help you identify what that person really wants, not persuade them for something different. Well, let's be honest. When you get a customer, what's the whole goal? For them to bring you more customers or for them to be a repeat customer. If they don't win and you don't win, nothing is sustainable. So that's where the lines draw. Now, see, I love that. A line drawn in the sand. I love that. Versus if you are the right fit for that person. They probably know more people that are the right fit too. Yeah, and then that's how you continue to grow a business. But 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 that is specific to. I think that you're in the type of business that people have to feel good about the purchase they made. The came yeah. prime moment. The came prime moment. That's right. They have to feel good about it, and th- the only way you can make them feel. I like what you just said to teach your people to say. What is the number one goal? The number one goal is not just to close the deal because that's the easy answer. The number one goal is for you to do it in such a way that they feel feel so good that they call three of their friends and say, you got to come see this. This was absolutely incredible. They made it so easy. They described what it was going to be. They showed it to us on a computer. They made it exactly the way we wanted, and we absolutely love mm-hmm. it. Maybe, maybe the goal is to get that person, rather than say those things, they helped me get exactly what I wanted. Exactly what I wanted. And I didn't feel like it was something different that was trying to be put on me. Well, it, it's the, the foundation of that is it's more. And here's what I would say to Ari, Aristotle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say, I was wondering if you guys were going to catch it. I would say, Ari, is it more, and we know what he would say, is it more important oh, to... To get, to get it right or to be right. Because if we want to talk about persuasion, to me, I correlate that with being right than getting it right. Because I'm trying to be right in getting somebody to persuade somebody versus getting it right and helping them figure out what they really want. And you want to get it right, not be right. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, I just think it's more important. Get getting it right, it right. For, for everybody. Yeah, and I think that if we're tying it back to Aristotle and the Greeks. <laughs> oh, Ari. Aristotle and the Greeks, there's there's three pieces to the, the Greek philosophy. And philosophy is the most basic form of human understanding. And if we're taking this a practical as practical takeaway yeah. as we can from the Greek, there's there's ethos as part of your argument, as part which of is your character. Yep. There's there's logos, which is strength. Reason. Yep. And then there's pathos, which is emotion. Yeah. 
And so if you take those three ideas within any type of conversation, I don't think, I think it is naive for us to discount the fact that if you, as, as the CEO, if Tyler has 26 employees to, to, to think that persuading them to move in a direction that he, as the person that cast the vision, that took the risk, that made the investment, that that is not a critical skill set to develop, I think that would be naive for us to say that that's not because it is. And, and, and he has to wake up every day and persuade those people to move them to a place where they continue to give their full effort as if they own the business themselves. But, what, but what's really important is that is finding a way not to necessarily persuade them, but to help them figure out what motivates them and then lean into that. Because when you do that, like a Zelensky, right, that moves from 30% of, a, of an approval rating within three months to 90% approval rating, what he did was convince the people to run through walls for him because he identified what they really wanted. Yeah. Callaway says it this way, and I think that, that we will put a big – bow on it here with this. Callaway says that it's important to understand this simple idea when it comes to building relationships and persuasion. Be the best at what matters most. Mm -hmm. The only way you can understand what matters most to your clients, to your employees, to the people that you're relationships with is if you ask questions. Being the best at what matters most. Imagine if you're in a relationship. Probably two years ago is when I really realized that. Yeah. And my sales have gone through the roof, and it's because what I understood with our conversations yeah. is the only thing that matters is if the customer wins and we win. Yeah. And if you don't believe that the pie can be bigger and you can all have a bigger piece, then you're not my client Yep. because you only want for yourself, and I want for you and, and us. And when I realized that, it, it's led me to a much better place. The, the, I think that <clears> – <throat> When you're young in your career, the only thing you think about is making money. And then I think at some point you have a transition that says, I don't really care. Of course, everybody wants money. But you start to figure out that it's more about loving what you do every day and who you do it with and who you do it for. And I think when you when you get to that, you start realizing really quick that it's, a, it's about the person appreciating you and you appreciate them and you collectively having something that can change their lives. And when it goes to employees, it's about, like I told you before, I wanted to create more opportunity for myself and for other people. And I'm hoping that as I continue to work together with you and, and, and through my thoughts in my head, that we provide a place that is really fun, that creates unique opportunities, um, to do things and have relationships with people and the clients and, and the team, that is just so far superior to what they could have ever imagined. Understanding what they want from the relationship, mm. right? That's how we're going to maximize relationships. And that's what Ari, Ari, Aristotle <laughs> taught us. And so for Aristotle, for Tyler, and for John, and I'm really not even sure what day this is. I'm Colby Juvenville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Oh.